What's happening? Good to see everybody. Uh, I want to welcome you all to the Rock Church. My name is Travis. I'm the campus pastor here, right where I'm standing at Rock Church Point Loma. I want to say hello to all of our microsites, our online campus, and our Point Loma crew right here. Let's put our hands together. Welcome one another, Rock Church. Say hello to your extended family. Uh, we have a, a great day in store. We are ending our series entitled 24-7. Everybody say 24-7. 24-7, it's round the clock, and it's all about intimacy with God, morning, noon, and night. Today we're going to be talking about night. But I do want to invite you to come back next week. Pastor's got something real cool for you, and, and we can't wait for that. But I want to pray and ask God that he would speak to us, that he would speak through his word, that he would touch hearts today. And I believe someone's life will be changed forever by the end of our time. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Bow your heads. Jesus, thank you for our time together. We thank you that you are here with us. We thank you that we can worship you freely and we ask that you would speak through us, Holy Spirit. Speak through your word that you would edify us and meet us in our exact situation, exactly where we find ourselves. Lord, we need your peace, we need your love, we need your hope. We lift your name up on high, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. amen. So intimacy with God, morning, noon, and night. The night... If whether, whether you know it or not, it has a, a certain sound, it has a, a certain feel, it even has a certain look. Uh, and, and the nighttime sounds like quiet. The nighttime can sometimes sound eerie. Um, it, 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 can, it can look distant. The nighttime can look vast. It can look deep. Uh, sometimes the night can feel cold and lonely. Maybe even in this season, in the winter season, and all the, the good holidays are gone, all the food holidays at least, and now we've got uh, Valentine's Day coming up where you're just going to spend money that you don't need to spend. And so kind of just in that season where, man, it kind of can feel, the night can feel cold and, and lonely. But how many know that, that night or, or darkness is a good description of how sometimes our life often feels, isn't it? And I can feel like that. Sometimes your, your life may feel like, I just feel like I'm in a night season. I feel like I'm in a, in a dark spot right now. Um, uh, recently, my daughter, who's four years old, started to become more aware of the dark. And I have a two-year-old son, and you would think that my two-year-old would be afraid of the dark, maybe more than my daughter, but it's actually the opposite. And here's what I realized. The more that my daughter matures, the more aware of the darkness she becomes. Come on, that's a sermon in itself. And so here's what we've had to introduce into the household a nightlight. How many know about the nightlight? Now don't lie, how many still have the nightlight in the hallway? Come on, right? Your eyes are getting bad. Come on, right, church. You just, I just got to find my way to the bathroom just if I could just see the nightlight. And the nightlight is very simple but very powerful. It brings light to dark places. That's what it does. The nightlight is good for making a dark room or the nighttime feel a little safer. It'll make a, a, a blacked out living space feel a little warmer. A nightlight will make a real, real long hallway feel a little bit shorter. And a nightlight can help impossible to see things maybe a little bit more possible. And here's what Jesus says in John chapter 8 verse 12. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
In other words, no matter what you go through in life, terrible circumstances, the, the, the ugly moments of life, the, the harsh uh, words that are exchanged with loved ones, the deep low valley seasons, if you stay close to Jesus, if you stay intimate with Jesus, even in our darkest days, you'll be surrounded by the light of life because God is with us. And I wanna say it one more time because this is kind of the big idea for where we're going today. No matter what you go through in life, if you stay close to Jesus, even in the darkest days, you'll be surrounded by the light of life. Today, I wanna to talk to you about intimacy and darkness. Intimacy and darkness. And I wanna give you uh, three ways to stay close to God in dark times of life, specifically by looking at the life of Jesus moments before he goes to the cross. When he's with his disciples, when he goes out to pray, when he's on the cross, and when he says his last words to the Father in heaven. If you got your Bibles, would you turn to Luke chapter 22? If you got your Bible app, you can open that thing up. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's in the New Testament. There are four accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Luke is the third gospel account. And we'll be in Luke chapter 22, reading through verse 39 to 43. And I'll kind of set the scene for us. Uh, Jesus is with his disciples in the upper room. And you may be real familiar with this story, and that's good. Uh, it's uh, known to many of us as the Last Supper. And so he's in the upper room, finishing the meal. He's about to be uh, betrayed. He knows what's coming. He knows that Jesus, Judas is playing him. He knows that guy is going to betray him. He knows what's going down. He's God, so he knows. And he's hours away from dying. And Jesus wants to go to his normal prayer spot and pray. And so for starting in verse 39, this is how it reads. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. On the Mount of Olives was a place he would go on a regular basis. And some, some of your, your, your texts will say the Garden of Gethsemane, that's the same place. It was at the foot of the Mount of Olives. And so Jesus went out per usual. This is what he did. It wasn't just 21 days of prayer. He did this on a regular basis. So he goes out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. In verse 40, on reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. And I always wondered, Jesus, why would you even say that? Why is that necessary? And I, I realized in times of my life where I feel overwhelmed and stressed, if I know something bad's about to come in my life or a dark moment, or I have people that I love are about to go through something hard, I start to lose energy. And oftentimes I just want to fall asleep. I don't want to get out of the house. If you know what I'm talking about, say amen. You just kind of feel like you're drained. And so Jesus says, don't fall into temptation in verse 41. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. So how far can you throw a stone, right? Far enough to where I, I it's, you're over there, but be where I can see you, right? How many of you ever told your kids that? Just be where I can see you. Don't be too far messing around with stuff. Just be where I can see you so I know what's going on. And after that, he knelt down and he prayed. And this is what he prays in verse 42, right, church? Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And here's the first point if you're taking notes. If we're going to stay close to God in dark times, here's number one. We've got to verbally submit control to the Father. Point number one, if you're writing down notes. If we're going to stay close to God in dark times, we're going to verbally, out loud, submit control to the Father. Not what I want, but what you want, Lord. 
Uh, Jesus in his humanity has a conversation with his heavenly father, our heavenly father. And, and, and I'm going to take you into my mind because this is how I imagine it, not what the Bible says. But he's having this conversation, not my will, is there any other way? And so I imagine Jesus going, okay, hey, father, here's the deal, okay, okay, here's the deal. When we were in heaven, I know we had this conversation about how we were going to save the world and I was going to come down and at 30 I would do the thing and I would do all these miracles and at 33 I was going to go to the cross and they were going to whip me. And the whole. Now that I'm thinking about it and I'm really playing it in my mind, it's looking a little bit different. Is there any other way? Can you take my cup, you know, take, take, the, take the regular coffee, pour it out, put some decaf in it, lighten the load a little bit, Lord? Is there any other way? That's just in my mind. I see Jesus having this real, real... A vulnerable conversation. And what's interesting is that Jesus is God. He's fully man, he's fully God, and he can absolutely control the situation and change his circumstances, but he doesn't. Why not? Because of you, online campus, because of you, Point Loma, because of you, microsites, because of me. And we know from the scriptures, but for the joy set before him, that's you and me, he endured the cross. That's how good and faithful our God is. And so you and I need to submit control as Jesus submitted control. I remember um, I got fired from one job in my life. I was a, I was a banker uh, at a bank and, and everybody had a till where you would have cash. Whether or not you were a teller or you were a personal banker, and that was my job. You had a till and you had cash. Uh, I wasn't good with the cash, okay? It wasn't that I was bad at counting. Uh, I just was just a chatty Cathy. I was like, hey, what's up, man? What's up, girl? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? I was just too chatty, too chatty. And so I wasn't good with the money. And the, and the deal was, if you were over at the end of the day with your till, you had money that was, shouldn't have been there, or you were under, you had the money that should have been there that wasn't, uh, you would get docked. And you can only go over a certain amount so many times in, in, a, in a matter of, a, of a, a month or so. And here's the deal. If you work at the bank, you got to watch the money, honey. All right. Here's it. right. You just have to. You just got to watch the money. If you don't have the money, they don't have the time. And that's what they told me after I was over about three times. They call me into the office. I'm like, oh, what's about that? They, they like me here. What's, what's going down? What's about to happen? And I knew it was bad when they closed the door and slid me the envelope. I'm like, this ain't, this ain't regular. This isn't a regular day. <laughs> Why are we in here? Why is the door closed? What's happening right now? <laughs> Slid me the envelope. And immediately I tried to control the situation. I was like, oh, so you're telling me that I was over. That's what you're saying. Okay, how do you know it wasn't the guy that was next to me? Because he was talking to me. And then there was a manager that had tried to approve, approve the situation. And so we were kind of both in it. And I was just trying to negotiate. I'm like, okay, here's the deal. It's my last time. I tr trust me. It's my last time I messed this up. Can I just get one more chance at, at this job? And they said, no, I'm sorry, Travis. This is your last day. Here's your last check. And I walked out with that little check and it was a baby check. There wasn't nothing good about it. It was a little, little bitty check. And I was, it didn't make me feel good or nothing. I just like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> I just said, okay, God, I, I guess you have a plan. And it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, a, a Proverbs 21 moment. And Proverbs 21 says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Right, church, look at me, watch this. You don't want to be near your plans. You want to be in God's purpose. Come on, somebody. You don't want to be around your plans. I got some ideas, I got some stuff and some hopes and dreams. No, you want to be in God's purpose. And when you are in dark times, God can bring great purpose to your great pain. And he did that in my situation in the following weeks. As I, I pray, I said, Lord, I trust you. I, I go to church. I, I'm trying to surrender my life, be faithful, serve. God opened up a, an opportunity for me to have an internship with the church and change the direction of my life completely. 
And here's what I learned. The best way to handle loss of something or pain in your life is not to fight it, not to control it, but to verbally tell God, not my will, but your will be done. How can we say that? Because we know that as high as the heavens are above the earth are his ways above our ways. Church, we want the highest ways. Can I get an amen? We want the highest ways from the Lord. His ways are above our ways. So here's point number two. So if we're going to stay close to God in dark times, we're going to verbally submit control to the Father. And here's point number two if you're writing this down. We're going to verbally forgive those who hurt you. You want to stay close, we're going to verbally out loud forgive those who hurt you. And here's how Jesus shows us this example in Luke chapter 23, one chapter over. Luke chapter 23, verse 32 to 36. And Jesus is now gone from the upper room. He's in the garden. He's arrested. Now he's on the cross. This picks up in verse 32. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull. Anytime you get to a place called the skull, you just keep on driving. I'm just telling you what. That is, this looks nice. You should pull over it. No, no. It's called the skull. Just keep going. They came to the place called the skull. They crucified him there along with the other criminals. One on his right, the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. So if Jesus on the cross, he is the savior of the world. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is the man that breathes stars into existence, creator of all things. And he's on the cross. He's been betrayed. He's been beaten. He's been spat on. They put two death row criminals, one on his right, one on his left next to him. They mock him. They gamble. That's what casting lots for his clothes is. That's how little respect they have for our Lord and Savior. They are gambling for his clothes. Come on, come on. Let me get his cloak. Let me me get that garment. And they tear it and they're casting, casting lots. And as he's dying, Jesus sees this. He knows this. He's reflected. He understands it all. And he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. One of the hardest things in life to experience is when someone close to you hurts you. And one of the hardest things to do in any relationship is forgive. A few days ago, about a week ago, during this 21 days of prayer and fasting, which by the way ends today, so good, good job, Rock Church, finish strong. Today's the last day. You did a great job. I heard people already planning potlucks and stuff. You're like, I'm bringing the biscuits. What are you bringing? You know, it's like, <laughs> we're like going Popeyes. See, where are you going? I don't know. People are getting all excited about 21 days being, being ended up. Uh, but in this fast, a, a few days ago, about a week ago, I, I was uh, in the evening trying to get my son to go to sleep and I had a bowl of fruit or something with me and he was on the, the, the t- see, I said fruit. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get that. That's okay. I was testing myself and you. He was on the, the coffee table 
and I was holding this bowl and he was just kind of teetering. I don't know if you have any of you have, have kids, but sometimes they just play where they shouldn't play and you tell them, don't do that. They're like, hmm. <laughs> and they just, they just be out there on the, on the coffee table, just, just testing things. And I said, look, you're tired, son. I can see you getting a little droopy, you know, well, let's get to bed. And he just wouldn't, I had this bowl. And as soon as I said, son, don't, don't play on the edge, you're gonna fall and slip. What did he do? He fell and slipped, but he kind of landed it like this. And then the head, his momentum went forward and bink, right on the bowl, right on the bowl, teeth on the bowl. And he did that delayed response that kids do, bink, ah, you know, did like the del- delayed cry. You're just waiting for it as a parent. I'm like, shh, your mom's in the other room doing quiet things. Come on, keep it quiet. And then so as a good dad, because he was on my watch, I went to the, the shh, 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 the little shh, shh, okay. And that's what you do when they start crying and you, and you match your shush to the level of their crying. And so if it's a little cry, you just do a little shush. Shh, 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 shh. And then as it gets worse, shh, And then he was just wailing. I was like, and I was speaking tongues. I was just going, I was going in and my wife comes around the corner from the quiet room. She had her phone in her hand. She comes around with this concerned look, puts the phone down and looks at me. <laughs> Immediately, I was offended. The spirit of offense came at me. It's 21 days of prayer and fasting a hard rock church. It's not easy. This is not a, a roller skate 21 days. This is, it's a grind. It, it, it's, and there's pressure and there's attacks and the enemy will get a foothold where he can get a foothold. In that moment, he grabbed onto my foot. And I was offended. My wife came out concerned. She came out not even looking at me. She came out looking at my son. Like, how can I help? What's going on? But, but, but I misinterpreted it and I got offended. And I said, don't look at me. I didn't do it. <laughs> I think my tone may have been even different than the way I just told you. And I hurt her feelings. And right away we were off to the races with the spirit of offense or the spirit of forgiveness. And we worked through it and we chose the spirit of forgiveness. When I say we, I mean me. I chose forgiveness. Will you forgive me? I love you, oh great one in the house. (laughs) She's going to be here at 12, so she's practicing for when she's here. By the way, the best marriages don't avoid pain. The best marriages learn to forgive quickly. Okay, the best marriages don't avoid confrontation and hard conversations. And it even worries me when I hear couples or people dating, how are you guys doing? How's it been going? Oh, pff, we don't argue at all. I didn't even ask you that. Why are you telling me that? <laughs> we don't argue at all. I would say you probably don't know each other at all. Because the best relationships don't avoid pain. They learn to forgive quickly. And that's what forgiveness does. It's not about forgetting. Forgiveness restores relationship with God and with others. It brings intimacy with God. And here's how Ephesians says it in chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. And so if we're going to stay close to God in dark times, we're going to one, verbally submit control to the Father, not my will, but your will be done. And we're going to verbally forgive those who have hurt us. And here's point number three. We're going to verbally surrender our future to the Father. We're going to verbally surrender your future to the Father. Jesus shows us exactly how he did that in his last moments on the cross. In Luke chapter 23, uh, reading verse 44 through 47, 
And here's what it says. It was now about noon when the darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Verse 46, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. Everybody take a deep breath in. Let it out. Jesus took a last breath. Verse 47, the centurion who was watching, seeing what had happened, he began to praise God and said, surely this was a righteous man. Maybe one of the most difficult um, moments that I've ever walked through or been a part of was when uh, a family friend of ours who's a member of our church in our uh, San Ysidro campus, the McDonald family, had to surrender their newborn baby boy, Maverick, to the Heavenly Father. And it was a beautiful pregnancy. And the McDonald family was excited like any other um, parent-to-be. The baby shower and pictures, the, the gender reveal and all of those things. Just so excited. It was a great pregnancy and mom's super fit and just healthy and just an awesome family. But for whatever reason, come Labor Day, there were complications. And Maverick was born essentially without any brain activity whatsoever. And being close to them, they invited us into their circle and, 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 and right away, and I'm going to invite the, the worship team to come out in a few moments. Uh, but right away in, in uh, Mary Birch Hospital, in the lobby, 24-7, morning, noon, and night, there was this closeness with God. And their friends and family from all around came and we sang worship in the, in the lobby when, when we couldn't go up. And then we took turns going up and praying and my wife and I were there praying for Maverick and, and, and Pastor Miles was a part of it and we prayed, prayed for healing for Maverick and, and, and we just, we prayed the biggest prayers, the boldest prayers, the loudest prayers and the most tenderhearted prayers. Jesus, would you heal Maverick? God, you, you are the great physician. You, you can heal anything by your name, in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. We, we ask that you would heal him, restore life, breathe life into Maverick. We did all that we could. And days went by and days went by and eventually the McDonald family realized that maybe in the midst of their hopes and dreams and their future plans for Maverick and for themselves as a family were different than what God had planned. And so we made the hard decision. I'll never forget the day. It was June 10th, 2017. June 10th is my wedding anniversary. And so my wife and I that morning got up and we uh, spent that morning of our anniversary in the hospital with mom and dad, just a couple friends. Uh, and, and by the way, it, uh, it was their R group that was with them. It was their D group online campus. It was, it was people that we need in our lives to be there to lift our arms when our arms get heavy. And I would encourage you with that same thing that you can't do life alone. You cannot make it in this life alone. The enemy will just pick you off and he'll isolate you and, and he'll make you believe lies that are not true and he'll hide the truth and the word of God outside of your heart. You got to have people around you to lift you up, to speak the truth. Microsites, Point Loma. And so that's where we were in a small room and we went there and it was very intimate, very, very sweet. And it was just mom and dad, my, my wife and I, maybe Maverick and a few other people. And we made the hard decision to take him off life support. And they said, he's not going to feel any pain. We're going to give him medicine for that. And it's going to be not quick. It's going to be slow. And it was slow. It was hard. 
And we took him off life support and he breathed his last breath. And out loud together, we said, Lord, Heavenly Father, we surrender his life and our future to you. It was quiet like this. And then mom and dad looked at pastor in the room and said, pastor, would you lead us in a song of worship? And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I came with the word and prayer. I'm not ready to lead anybody in worship. And so I did though what I think our heavenly father would want and what a, a, just a good follower of Jesus should do. I say, I don't care how I sound. And, and I thought of the only song that I could, could remember and my mom would sing this song to me as a young boy, I, I, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul. Come on, sing it if you know it. Rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. We sang it and we brought praise to God. And it reminded me of this passage in Luke because as soon as Jesus looks up and takes his last breath and says, Father, into your hands, I commit my future and my spirit, all that I am. The centurion saw it and began to worship God and give praise and said, that man was a righteous man. How does someone do that? How does someone in a dark, dark moment, surrender their future, their hopes, their dreams. Well, you don't do it alone and you do it by staying intimately close with Jesus. I want to come back to my nightlight. Um, if I took this nightlight and I brought it to my daughter and I said, honey, here's a nightlight for you. This is going to help you. I know the dark has been kind of a thing lately and it's, 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 it's scary, it's hard, it hurts, it's painful. Um, here's your nightlight. I'll be in the other room, let me know how it goes. <laughs> she would come running to me, dad, it doesn't work. Dad, it doesn't work. I, you told me it would work, it doesn't work. Well, that represents what you and I do a lot of times with our pain. We, we, we try to make other things work that don't work. You try to take the, the job and when things get bad, I'm just going to work, 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 work. I, I got a title. I'm respected at work. I'm going to put all that pain away and I'm just going to devout myself to work and it'll all go away. It doesn't work. Or, or, or money. You know what? I'm just going to buy things. I had, a, I had a terrible experience. I went to this thing. I, I was down and out. I'm going to buy some stuff. I'm going to buy some clothes. I'm going to buy a car. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to buy toys, a game. I'm going I'm to buy some stuff and just distract myself. That won't work either. Or, or your followers, I'm just going to get consumed and see what other people are doing. I'm going to distract myself with social media and I'm going to look at Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook and, and wherever you are, I'm just going to, that won't work either. It doesn't work. And so here's the thing about the night light. The night light only works if it's plugged into the power source. Jesus is your power source. He is the only one that brings hope in the dark. And here's the cool thing about God. He is not just a, a, a God to worship. He is a, a man worth, worth following. So we can say, Lord, I'm not going to be trying these other things. I'm going to plug you into the power source. 
I'm going to worship you. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to follow in your footsteps. Because here's what his word says in John 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Rock Church, this is our hope. And I don't know what dark or terrible season you may be in, but whatever season you're walking into or whatever season you're about to be in, no matter what you go through in life, if you stay close to Jesus, even in the darkest days, you'll be surrounded by the light of life. And we do that by submitting control. Lord, not, not my will, your will. We do that by uh, forgiving those who hurt us. And we do that by surrendering our future to the Father. And here's what God does in the darkest times. He takes us into a more intimate place, a place of greater faith. Because I enjoy God on the mountaintops, but I know him intimately in the deep valleys of life. And so I want to invite all of us to take one step closer to Jesus today. Come on that journey with me into a more intimate place with Jesus in the dark days and morning, noon, and night. 24-7 intimacy with Jesus. He's our source. Would you bow your heads all across our campuses, online, microsites. In a moment, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And service is just going to get so good right here. So I ask you to all stay and lean in. Don't, don't, don't check out, check in. Lean in right here. Because someone's going to make a decision to give their life to Jesus for the first time. There's somebody that's going to lay down their burden. There's somebody that's going to receive forgiveness. Someone's going to get hope in the midst of their darkness right now. And I'm not going to make you come out of your seat today. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand once you pray that. And then we're all going to stand up and take communion together, celebrate the life of Jesus. And then we're going to put an exclamation point on that moment in worship and praise, lifting our voices. So wherever you hear my voice, you're in this room, you're on our online campus, microsites. If you need to pray a prayer, it's as simple as A, B, C. Just admit that you need Jesus to forgive you of sin or to fill you with hope where there has been no hope. B, believe that he died for you on the cross to give you everlasting life and to fill you with love. And then C, confess that he is now Lord of your life and Lord over all. If you need to pray a prayer like that, wherever you are, I want you to pray this in the quiet of your heart. Just say, dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I need you and that I have fallen short but I believe that you died for my sin. I believe that you paid the price in my place. And today, I confess you as Lord of my life. Fill my heart. Give me a new mind, new spirit, new future, and a new hope. As everybody's eyes are closed, your heads are bowed, no one moving anywhere. If you prayed that prayer on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand so we can pray a blessing over you. All across the room, heads bowed, eyes closed, online campus microsites. If you prayed that prayer, no one looking, just a holy moment right here on the count of three. One, two, three. Lift your hand so I can see you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Good, 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 good. Awesome, good. All across the room, all across the room. Awesome, God bless you. We see you. 
Jesus, we thank you for all the hands that were lifted just now, all those that give, gave their life to you, that stepped into an intimate relationship. We thank you for the ones that are saying, Lord, I've been carrying this weight, this burden. I lay it down at the foot of the cross. Fill my life with peace and love. So we bless them now and we say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Can we give God praise, Rock Church? Come on, let's give God praise for all those lives that were just changed today. Amen.